List? Yeah. There we go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Hello, world. Um, Technical difficulties, but uh, we back at it like a crack at it. Second episode of the Is and Outs podcast. It is your host, Los Savo, a.k.a. Los, because we go keep it real on this podcast. And today I have my bright and beautiful twin. Not necessarily really my twin, but everybody call us twins. I got my sister on the podcast today. Say hello to the people. Hello to the people. <laughs> As you can see, we're almost we're almost twins. You see, same personality. But uh, anyways, we're just going to get right into it. That's cool. Let's do it. Okay. Um. So... A lot of people don't know, but you went to school for how long? I went to school for five years. Okay, okay, okay. So, could you like uh, give us a rundown of what you went what you went for? Yeah, so I went to school. I got my bachelor's in psychology, criminology, and sociology, and I just finished my master's in forensic psychology. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? This is why this is why I call her to go to my Instagram page the other day. That's that's to me, that's, that's crazy. But um, I got a few questions here, you know, about college and in that whole situation. So, my first question is, how did you manage multitasking as far as life in school? Um, now say my first semester of college, I really just kicked it real hard, you know, mm, and then I realized that that wasn't going to work. All my friends actually ended up dropping out after my first semester. All my roommates, all my friends from high school, the whole crew dropped out. So I had to learn real quick how to balance and the work. And I always it's just a matter of figuring out what's most and giving that part yeah, I wouldn't it but I didn't. So I spent most of my time either at work or at school. Um, so it's really just about, you know, figuring out what's important and giving, delegating most of your time to that task because you can't do it all. And, and we had a conversation uh, like a couple of weeks ago and I was telling you, like, my biggest thing was was planning. Like, how how did you go about, like, planning everything out, like how you did? Okay, well, I actually was a super I still am I'm a super duper planner so um like I said I have three degrees I actually got all three of those degrees at the same time within three years in undergrad the first three degrees so I had to plan um so my first semester of college I went through it you know like I said I did I did the thing the college thing um and then after that I really just sat down and mapped out how I wanted the rest of my time at college to be like um so I went and I looked at all the courses that they offer and all of the degrees I put them all next to each other and figured out how I could finesse what classes could count for multiple degrees and I basically planned out I mean you can't plan everything but I planned out my schedule to the T for at least a year in advance as far as the hours I would work the classes I would take what the location of the internships that I would be at the bus routes if I needed to get on the bus so right. I really just planned everything. <laughs> right. So I remember like your freshman, I think that may, maybe your freshman or sophomore, but it's probably your freshman year when we moved you in to Cleveland State. And just like tell me about the transition, like going from like Cleveland State, Cleveland State and like learning there and then like going into a completely different environment in, in DC in DC. Uh well I'll say definitely was well, one transitioning from high school to undergrad was mm-hmm. transitioning itself because even in high school, you know, I had a lot of freedom. I ain't have like a super yeah. strict system going on. But nonetheless, when I got to college, you just feel free, like even freer yeah. than free could be, you know. Yeah. And so that's an adjustment right there that if you don't catch it too soon, you can end up on the other end. You know, you can end up in a lot of trouble. Um. So. Right. Um, I really just had to assess, like I said, the situation, look around and see, okay, all right, we are kicking in the stuff, but this person dropped out, this person done caught the class. Yeah, this person prioritization done, here. You know, and so um, then, you know, I just let life really teach me. And then as far as transitioning from Cleveland to D.C., 
it really was just a freeing feeling because that was the first time I had left the state. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people from Cleveland, they don't leave Cleveland. They stay yeah, they in Cleveland stay for a minute. Um, So it was really, it was kind of like a faith thing. Like, I really just had to trust in myself, trust right. in God, trust in the universe. And, you know, when I went out there, I barely... I barely had a job. I lived in somebody's basement with five dudes, but I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to just make right. it happen, you know? And so you kind of just can't be afraid to fail or to go through that rough patch when you transitioning because a transition is just that. It's not smooth sailing. It's it's a sticky patch, you know? You, mm-hmm. You're learning things, you're figuring stuff out. So, you know, the biggest thing that helped me out was really just leaning on faith and just going in with like good energy like you know what I'm about to be in the new setting I'm about to make it what I want to make it and I'm gonna just roll with the punches and I feel like that really ended up helping in the long run and one thing I want to say to you um before we even go on is that I'm like genuinely like from the bottom of my heart proud of you like of how far you've come (laughs) like because like we, I mean, you know, we we brothers and sisters, so we've been around each other. You you've been my sister my whole life. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't see you go from you know high school parties to you know bachelor's degree. I mean, master's degree and stuff. So I just want to say before we even move on, like I'm from a brother's standpoint, I'm so proud of like how far you've come and like how far you've accomplished, especially like with the stuff that has going on in our family and just like stuff that has gone on in your life at least from the perspective of, of me, like how I see it, I that's I just wanted to get that off my chest up front. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, you just got to let the stuff that happened in life, just let it like, use that energy to let it motivate you. It sounds cheesy, but it's no, really I the best thing. Because, uh, I mean, like, uh, we, like, we had the big passion in our family and Grammy, like, mm-hmm. like, and that was, that was a tough period for everybody, you know, and yeah, that was you know that was that was me and you. That was our road dog. That was our road dog. You know what I'm saying? So right. we both were going through transitional periods in our life where we could have really used you know her guidance. And I want to say that in a way we made it out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. We made it out. I'm I'm gonna tell in, but you 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 made it through the crossroad. You know what I'm saying? So just hats off to you. Hate you know what I'm saying? I just got started. <laughs> just got oh. started. So, um, I now if if nobody knows this, but on the podcast, my my sister is in a lovely relationship with a lovely woman, <laughs> um, named Morgan. So, how how do you manage relationships in school? Well, like specifically college, because like relationships in high school, they don't they aren't really anything really. <laughs> Um, I'll say the biggest thing is kind of knowing yourself. It's knowing yourself because when you know yourself, then you know, like, what weaknesses and what strengths you have. You know, like, okay, if we get in the bed, I ain't going to do that assignment. So right. I got to sit, we got to sit in the living room, you know? And so, um, I think the biggest thing is knowing yourself and, you know, just being open. You know, mm-hmm. just meeting people where they are. Like, as far as meeting people or if you are in a relationship with somebody, like, while you're in, in school, it's just a matter of just being real transparent. Yep. And not letting that person distract you, which also go back to knowing yourself. You know you're a distractible person. Like, even me. I know I will get in the bed. <laughs> I will lay down. I will look over at her, and I, it will be tomorrow. It yep. will be tomorrow. I will, and I will have not done the things <laughs> I could have done. You know, so knowing that about yourself will help you then know, like, okay, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even do this, or maybe a relationship right. is not right for me right now. You know, and just always like one, not comparing yourself or your relationship to anybody else's or anything you see on social media or any of your past relationships. I think that's. Uh, one of the most healthiest ways uh, Mm. to do it because it's just when you were in school luckily she was in school also you know so right so y'all both have y'all both had to uh, stay focused right right I couldn't imagine dating somebody that wasn't in school because you have a totally different mindset almost you know Um, right so I just feel like 
like I said, when I came here, I just came here with faith. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but when I came here, I said, I'm coming here to meet my wife. And ironically, oh. then I just met Manifestation, you know? manifestation. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's, that shit really is real, though. That shit, when you, what you speak out into the universe, it, it'll come back. It, it'll, it'll come back. Maybe not right there in, in that moment, but give it yeah. some time. Yeah. So, I mean, and then when you when you get older and you get in school and you get in a relationship, it's, it's cool because you're able to, like, bond on that. You know, mm-hmm. you you you've been through that struggle. You you be like, okay, I know what it's like to take a test, so I know that they just gotta study. It's all right, right? Or I know what it's like when you gotta switch your major or something like that. So you can relate on that, and um, and really, just the biggest thing that I feel like was the help in this situation was I didn't really like limit myself. I ain't limit myself and be like, okay, I want to go for this type of person or somebody that is exactly like me or some, you know what I mean? You just, yeah. I just went in like, I'm just have, here to have fun. And I just feel like we vibe cool. So let's just see where it goes, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, in college people are just afraid to get played yeah. or, you know, they, they trying to play people, you know, but I didn't even think about that. I just went into it. Like we vibe and let's see what happens. You know? Right. Recently, two years later, here we are. Yeah, hey, hats off. I'm telling you, hats off. <laughs> you happy, man. You happy. I can see it in your face. And both of y'all happy. I can really see it. Yeah. You can really oh, genuinely yeah. see the happiness. It's like a it's like a it's like a uh, what's the what's the word for? Like a, I don't even know. Don't aura. Even, yeah, it's like yeah, an aura. You can aura. Just, just vibrant, you know what I'm saying? You just you just tell from your emotions, you know. Um so like going off with diving deeper into relationships, um how like how how easy how easy can it be to like give yourself up to somebody like with knowing that you got like goals set for yourself? I feel like it depends on the person. It mm-hmm. depends on the person. For me, I'm just a natural kind of like trusting person. Um and so I feel like you just gotta stay focused on your goals because you know if I'm being transparent I have been in a relationship in undergrad where I was so distracted by it that I really wasn't as focused as I could have been I mean I know I got a lot accomplished but I really wasn't as focused as I could have been you know I didn't balance as well as I could have you know and so I feel like it's just a matter of going back to being transparent and finding somebody who also has drive because Mm -hmm. if you with somebody and that's why I said I couldn't imagine dating somebody who also wasn't in college. Right. Because if you with somebody and you got that drive to go to work, go to class, do whatever you're trying to do, pursue your dreams, um, you know, start a podcast, whatever. And that person is not on that same wave. It's going to either piss you off or distract you terribly. Right. You know, y'all are going to bump heads a lot. And so I feel like if you are with a person who they focused on their goals and you're focused on your goals. It's easy. It's yeah. easy because y'all are moving in separate lanes, but together. If right. that makes sense, you know, versus it, uh, just doing your own thing. No, it, it that, that makes total sense because even like for me, like my last relationship, like I often found myself trying hard to maintain her stability rather than maintaining my stability. And mm-hmm. I said on the last, last podcast, like I fell, I fell into depression because of that. Because mm-hmm. I was so focused on her and her well-being, I, I completely forgot about mine. And mm-hmm. on, along with that, I was going through something where I was put, put into an environment that I just was not comfortable being in. You know, like going mm-hmm. from Trinity to Maple, to me, was a big jump. You know what I'm saying? Because right, right. I've been in a sheltered school environment since the beginning you know i only been to before maple only public school i've been to was from like kindergarten to first grade so that's really not much time you know what i'm saying to really gauge actual public school that's not public high school you know what i'm saying so i definitely see where you're coming from you know like a a distraction to me is just like it's hard to get over like i like i just get stuck in a in a trance or something i don't know what it is like yeah, I, I feel you because I've been there before, you know, and it's like that go back to me saying like you got to know yourself, you know, and be able to know if you that type of person because 
I've definitely been in a relationship before where I've been so fixated, like I just care about the people that's around me, you know, so focused on making sure they good that I'm not necessarily good, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's going away. That's still the type of person I am in the relationship I am now. You know, I care about her a lot, but because yeah. I know about me, I'm able to communicate that to her, and we able to check in with each other. Like we'll mm-hmm. literally be like, all right. Let's check in. Like, how you feeling? Like, what's going on? What do you need help with? You know, how's life treating you? Yeah. And because it's so easy to be infatuated with a person and be distracted, and not just a person, with a thing, a person, yeah, just a, a bad situation that a you can't get over. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy, you know. And so it's just a matter of knowing that about yourself so that you can catch it when you feel yourself drifting into that, being fixated on something more than being fixated on your own health or your own well-being or your own mental health and your goals and stuff. Right. So, um, while you were while you were out there in DC, I'm pretty sure you did something with like with kids and teaching kids, right? Yeah. So like what what like what's like tell me about that. Like what what did you exactly what did you do? So when I first got here, I was an after school teacher and I was a substitute teacher. Um, when they found out that I had a ma- I mean a bachelor's a bachelor's in psychology, I ended up in special ed. So I did a lot of one-on-one work um, or small groups with uh, kids with developmental disorders, intellectual mm-hmm. disabilities, um, that kind of thing. And when I was a substitute, I substituted for like all grades. And then more recently, I was a in school therapist, therapist intern. Okay. Uh, for a middle school. So that was my favorite. That was my favorite. For a middle school. Yeah, yeah. That's that different. Was, That's yeah, different. Yeah. I definitely like being on the mental health side more. Currently, yeah. I'm like a, you know, because it's virtual here. So I'm still in mm-hmm. DC right now. It's virtual. So I'm like a homeschool teacher for about seven kids right now. Um, okay. And so, you know, I, I just basically been doing teaching roles, but my most recent role as like a therapist intern was definitely the most fulfilling. It was the most uh, just like, beneficial to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, so this little, you know, just little get them out the way. Right. right. So you spoke about mental health and we talked a lot about mental health on the last episode of the podcast. And I really want to touch on this because I feel like I'm a I'm a I'm a push this narrative so much on the podcast. Like, if you're listening right now, just know like it's gonna be probably like a lot of episodes where I'm talking about mental health because to me, I just feel like mental health is so important, especially nowadays, where like how the world is just just like moving right now. I just I, feel like you got you got to have a strong mental right now. Yeah, yeah. Just so like so. Matter of fact, I got a question. So. You you did like therapy for middle schoolers. Did you like see certain like students like mental like ment- like mentally just not be there? Oh yeah, I mean I worked. Fortunately, I worked at um a school that was predominantly black, so that's another reason why it was so important for me to be there. And the work that I did, I really appreciated it because I was able to help you know these middle school black kids just maneuver through pandemic through through life you know middle school mm-hmm. it ain't no home middle school is nothing it's not i'm telling you lightly. so um i actually had a lot of students who i um you know just helped them through different mental health and emotional things that they had going on like for example i had a student who um actually had a suicide attempt and they wow. called me they called me um, and was like, you miss Alyssa, I'm I'm about to end it all. I, I don't know who else to talk to, who else I just I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know. And luckily I was able to calm her down and talk her down and you know, she was fine, she's fine and well right now. Right. Um, but definitely mental health is something that is not talked about enough, it's not provided enough, especially in the black community, especially mm-hmm. for kids. You know, they right. think, oh, they just kids, they just teenagers, they just angry they going through something they'll get over it that's so, some white yes. people stuff you know all of yeah. this um so it definitely was a blessing to be able to be in that setting and be able to give to those young black kids and teach them how to deal with their emotions before right. they grown right and that's that's real important because like 
like like I like I mean I'm gonna keep referring back to the to the last podcast episode. Like it really comes from like where you where you start. You know what I'm saying? And that and that's what family and how you raised and mm-hmm. and your environment and atmosphere. So like you know when like kids like get that that sense of like they just like uncertainty and they mm-hmm. just don't know what's going on. You know, they they young, you know, you, you know, when your mind is young, it just be racing. You know, you be thinking of a million different thoughts. You and you don't even understand them really. Right, right. So like it's just it's real important that uh that you had that job to actually actually proceed that perspective of like a like a kid, like you know, going through something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually what I wanna do. Like in the grand scheme of things, I actually want to open up like a community center or a residential facility that focuses mm-hmm. on uh, creative arts therapy. So I, like I said, I was a therapist, but that's a word that some people really don't like hearing. And I feel like we should really challenge that. But some people mm-hmm. prefer like a counselor. Um, and so I would consider myself non-traditional um, because, you know, when, you, when people think of therapy, they think you're sitting there, you're talking, you say, tell me how you feel. Right. <laughs> But uh, the approach that I took was I always just kept it real. Right. I kept it real. I mean, I wore my hat to the back. I let them call me Alyssa. You know, I wore the same thing I wear anywhere I'm going. You know, of course, I look professional. But because on one hand, I want them to see that you could be young, black, and professional. You could wear a suit, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, these rich white people you see in suits. You could wear a suit. You right. know, but at the same time, I... Some days I wear my basketball shorts and be like, what's up? You know, I let my students cuss in session if they want to cuss. You know, we used a lot of music. Um, so, like, really yeah, we would pull up a song and be like, okay, play me a song that, that make you think about a time you were sad, you know, mm-hmm. and then get the conversation going about that. Or we will pull up some lyrics and be like, okay, so when he said that, how does that relate to your life? You know, right. so really just trying to use what I know in our culture is stuff that we cling to and just use genuineness because you don't want nobody to have to code switch in a setting where they want to be, they supposed to be able to be vulnerable to talk about the stuff that they can't talk about to their friends or that they, you know, the innermost personal stuff, they should be able to be a hundred percent themselves there. They should be able to cuss, cry, scream. Right. Because that's the real thing. Right. And so in order for them to do that, I would never ask anybody to do something that I'm not willing to do. So right. I always bring my full self. If something make me sad, they say something, I'm like, damn, that's sad. If I feel like crying in session, I'll cry with them. You right. know, I'll give them a hug. I'll give them my cell phone number, tell them, call me if they need me, you know. And so I feel like that's something that really, that's always, you know, been my style in life. And definitely, even in a therapy session, is just to be as genuine as possible. You know, somebody great once told me was from the heart reaches the heart, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I can't expect somebody to come in there and one break the barrier of talking about and processing yeah. their mental health. Becoming vulnerable to you. Yeah, if I'm if I'm putting on a facade, you know. Right. So especially kids. Kids can smell yeah. bullshit a mile away. Real, for, for, no, sure. for real. And then they and they lock up. <laughs> for sure. Like and I don't I don't mean to get personal, but um like on the topic of mental health, have like have you like felt like mentally like you you haven't been there or like fell into like a sense of like lower mental health or depression or I have I definitely have I feel like you know one of the things that kind of motivated me as an adult in hindsight of course not when I was younger but that motivated me to go into mental health is the idea that we we don't talk about it we don't do nothing about it you know and when I was a kid especially when I was going through uh like when I was in elementary school, I used to get bullied. They throw me in the garbage can, call me garbage can girl. You know, they tease me because I dress. They say, "Why are you dress like a boy?" But you a girl. You know, right. so there's multiple things and having my own issues with dealing with, you know, coming out or you know, identifying as LGBTQ and then being masculine presenting woman on top of that. So mm-hmm. it's just so many things in my own self growing up in a religious household that made me be like made my brain, my emotions go all over the place. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it continued to last throughout, like, honestly, until I was in college, probably until I was maybe my second year of college was one of the last times that I really got into a really, really dark place because mm-hmm. 
I really, for a very long time, you know, being candid, I was very, very insecure. I had very bad confidence issues. And a lot of people probably never guessed that. I was about to say, I, I would always... never guess that. I thought you had the most <laughs> uh, utmost confidence all the time. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I never those are part. actually the people that, you know, they're overcompensating. You know, they put, they, they right. scream, they yell, they dance, they they put themselves in the limelight, you know, or they joke about other people or things about themselves, you know, to overcompensate for really not feeling good enough. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that I dealt with um, for a very long time. And that also contributed to me getting into a really unhealthy relationship where I didn't care about myself because I didn't have that confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. And so in hindsight, as I learned more about myself and realized, like, dang, I had to go through all that. <laughs> and I couldn't talk to nobody about it. I right. didn't feel like, I, you know, because it's such a sh- sh- a thing, you know, especially like in the black community and just in general, especially in a religious family, they said, just just pray about it. God got right. you. But God wasn't working, man. I'm yeah. sorry. But God wasn't, God wasn't no, working. Yeah. I mean, reality is sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, in hindsight, as an adult, I, you know, I said, I never want a kid to have to go through that, to have to be an adult. And then look back and say, dang, I wish I knew that earlier. Because right. it's nobody telling them earlier, this is how you can deal with that emotion. It's okay to have that emotion. I'm somebody you could talk to, you know, because I feel like had I had that earlier, I mean, everything happened for a reason. I wouldn't change life. But had I had that earlier, I feel like I would have been in a very different place right now. Right. You know, so it contributed to me saying, I want to, that's why I specifically want to work with kids. I don't want to work with adults. Sorry, grown folks. Um, <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't my speed, you know, because right. I felt just very passionate about stepping in during those formative years where kids are becoming who they are. Because you That's know, a- people they don't give kids enough enough credit. You are really becoming who you are going to be. You're learning right. the traits that you will carry with you, the habits, the your worldview. You you so forming true. that. It's so, so true. Yeah, because- I just want to tap into that before it come. To the fact where it's like somebody is really, really in a dark place as an right. adult, you know, end up in some trouble that they shouldn't be in because they weren't taught how to effectively handle their emotions and their mental health and stuff. Yeah, so. that's yeah, that 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 to me is so important because now that I'm getting older and I'm you know, I'm one year away from being for my childhood to be over with. My like my childhood is done, <laughs> end of it, you know, end of the chapter. You know, what I'm saying next chapter is over. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that to me, that is very important because now that I, you know, every single day I wake up and I'm like, I get a day older and a day closer to being an official, official adult. And <laughs> that, that, that weighs on me, like, it mm-hmm. weighs on me heavy, especially like the accomplishments my, my, you know, like my, like y'all have, like my siblings, what y'all have done and like what I got to look up to. It's, it's just so mm-hmm. important to have mental stability because and and not even mental stability but also a good like a good like support crew you know just support system behind you because like I like you know I I talked to daddy uh last night about we talked about the podcast and he was saying like yeah I remember when you fell into depression and I mind you I didn't tell anybody that I I was feeling Mm -hmm. I didn't tell anybody other than the the female I was with at the time that was it so like the fact that you know daddy was able to point that out and I didn't say a single word to him about me being sad or me being depressed it just was like it just made me feel like warm inside it made me feel like this this is where home is you know what I'm saying like yeah. I have a genuine genuine support behind me you know and 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 I, I I even feel that way, you know, just you being on the podcast today, you know, it's just mm-hmm. I got a support behind me that I I know I can accomplish great things in life, you know. Yeah, support is so important, and it's like, of course, me, I went to school, you know, to be a counselor, so I think everybody should have a therapist. They should have, even if they only check in with them once a month. Mm-hmm. But it's so powerful, you know, and that's what moved me to say, okay, on top, what else can I do besides just formal therapy because there's so many barriers to that and I'm aware of that you know money insurance transportation you know so that's what made me say okay I want to open up a community center because you can get mental health from anybody right having a friend there when you sad having a a classmate that you know they gonna help you out when you fail that test they gonna pick you up 
just having that support and mm-hmm. knowing that you can just exist as yourself. You can talk about the good things, the bad things, the ugly things that you are feeling or thinking, you know? Yeah. And so it don't have to be in the form of a, a formal therapy session. You know, I believe mentorship is really yeah, good, really therapeutic, important. you know, representation, seeing people that are like you, you know, because mm-hmm. even me for a long time, I didn't realize it, but I didn't see a lot of masculine presenting black females. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, this. It's cool, but like, eh, eh. you know, I, it was hard to be confident in it for a while because you didn't see it, you know. But then the more you see it and you hang out with people that are like minded or that are, you know, being productive, like all of that stuff can help stabilize your mental health in right. addition to seeking out, you know, formal services and stuff like that. So definitely, and being aware of your support because it's easy to be like, I ain't got nobody. It's just me. Right. You know, nobody will understand. But just look, really being honest, like, dang, like, even in that moment, like, I do got my dad. I guess he was right here that whole time, you know? Right. So we got to, it's such a trend right now to be like that, you know, like, got it from the bottom. It's, I'm all by myself. Yeah, pretty, you know, yeah. People don't want to be a part of a team. I don't understand. I don't, I don't get that concept. I don't get that concept. Can we normalize gang gang again? Like, can we normalize having support systems? I swear, because like I see, it, <laughs> I see it now as if like people just love being by themselves, and like people don't realize like I and and this I'm gonna I'm gonna say something from that I learned from school. Like this is what I learned. I don't want to bring religion into it, but like just from like a regular, you know, just a human aspect to it, we meant to be social. You know what I'm saying? You're not meant to be alone. You know what I'm saying? Bingo. Like you not that, that that's that wasn't the purpose of a human. We're not meant to be alone. We're meant to be a community. You know what I'm saying? So like that whole narrative of just people just like oh I got it I got it out the mud by myself or I ain't never had nobody. You know what I'm saying? That to me, it's nothing like you know raw or nothing about it. It's it's to me it's like okay good like you know you get a high five but like coming up with your with like with your friends or coming up with your family or just. Just coming up with just like general positive people around you just to me seems more raw, right. you know, than doing it by yourself. I mean, it's always somebody. It's always it's help out there. It's support out there. If you open your eyes, if you look for it, if you seek it out, it's out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, and not to downplay anybody's struggle or say, you know, any two people have the same life or even the same opportunities right but nonetheless we it's like black people have been socialized to be so strong you know to be strong independent i got it i'll take care of it it's fine i mean even when you think about some stuff people say oh that's white people stuff going to Mm -hmm. therapy or suicide or depression or stuff like that and the numbers for black people committing suicide they up there. The numbers for black people with depression is up there. The numbers yeah. for black women that are having emotions, it's up there. It's up there Men, for real. women, it's, it's up there, you know. And so us pushing that narrative that we have been black, we have been strong, we have been fighting solo, and we're going to keep that up. Like, we need to challenge that narrative because mm-hmm. it should be okay. It should be praised that you have a support system and that you're seeking help, you know. Yeah, I, I I truly can't understand the narrative of, you know, people really wanting to be alone, you know. And we got to be honest with ourselves. We got to be honest with ourselves when we say, you know, I'm turning down these resources that could make me better, happier, right. stronger, more efficient because I want to do it by myself and recognize that we are damaging ourselves by doing that. We're not helping ourselves. We're not gaining any cool points. It's not. No, not and, and a lot of it also comes down to like breaking out of your comfort zone. Like I mm-hmm. think because I like I was saying I, I talked to dad yesterday and one thing I told him I said like I, I appreciate you at a young age telling me like you gotta get out your comfort zone. Like you too comfortable. You you too mm-hmm. comfortable with just being in the house and playing the game and this, that and the third and just just going through days, you know, with no mm-hmm. purpose. Now that I'm getting older, like a lot of the lessons that um he tried to, you know, force onto me are starting to register in my head as I go on because like it's just mm-hmm. certain situations that are popping up and I'm like, dang, this is what he was talking about. You know what I'm saying? So 
you know, one thing I want to say to all those out there, like really break out your comfort zone. Like it's, it's to me, it's very important. Like I, if I were to never took his advice, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have that confidence in myself to put myself out there and, and, you know, do things like this or do things like YouTube or do things like music, just in general, just be more creative as a person, as a whole, you know? Yeah. So it really, it just, you know, just, it really comes down to just, confidence in yourself breaking out of your comfort zone and just being there mind like just mentally you know yeah and being honest with yourself because you can't ask for help that you don't even realize you need right you can't fix a problem that you don't even realize that you have you know so just being honest with yourself and being vulnerable like yo i maybe i don't know what's going on but mm. i need to talk about it i need to work through it and figure it out say it out loud write it down you right. know there's so many avenues to expression and that's why like i said even the camp like i really want to focus on um creative arts therapies and recreational therapy so mm -hmm. if you have a sport that you like to play or painting or singing or music or poems like all of that can be therapeutic all of that can be you know what i'm saying having a mentor that can be therapeutic that can help your mental health but we just need to be more comfortable with sitting in that uncomfortable feeling you know right that gross feeling that loneliness that sad you know sit in it and be like damn i am sad yeah i'm sad and process it you know not just soak in it but really process it because we're taught to push it down push it down don't complain figure mm -hmm. it out be strong we're, we're pushed that narrative, you know, so we got to yeah. really challenge that and lean on each other and know that yeah. we all, are, all of us was taught that. So we all right. know that we all said not saying nothing, mm -hmm. but just say it, just say it. And then right. I next to the next person will also be like, dang, I'm sad too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, it's, like I said, I mean, we're, we were made to be in a form of community and you got to go through those rainy days, you know what I'm saying? You got to go through those rainy days to grow as a person, you know? Mm -hmm. A flower don't grow without rain. <laughs> so Period. you just you just gotta you just gotta I mean struggle is a part of being a human. You know, we, we it's not it's not easy being a human. It's not easy living the life that you live and it's it's a lot harder to for other people than it is for me and you, you know what I'm saying, or how we even were raised, but like struggle is, is a part of is a part of the, the like the path, you know, it's a part of it's a part of the road the road, you know. You Where just, you learn. Right. That's where you yeah. learn, that's where you get faith, that's where you like really apply the stuff that you think you know or the person that you think you are, you know. It's mm -hmm. just it provides clarity. Because when everything is sweet, everything is sweet. What can, right. what are you learning? What are you 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 just chilling? You right. know, you but in those uncomfortable it. moments, that's where you grow. That's where you right. learn. That's that's where you be like, dang, bro. Like and, and I recently took that and I'm starting to like really live by that. And like like now, like I, I try not to let any opportunity, you know, pass me by anymore. Mm -hmm. Because you just never know what that road might lead you to. You just don't know. You know what I'm saying? So every little thing, like 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 now on Sundays, now I um start to um help the church with uh multimedia and recording the mm -hmm. church service and, and streaming it and stuff like that. And like and like I said, you just don't know where that might lead to. You know, I'm I might get um, you know, a lot more knowledge with the techn right. technological parts of, you know, streaming and, and doing this, that, and the third. Like my my one true goal for this podcast is to take it from being an audio podcast to a visual podcast. So, mm -hmm. you know, I and and I gotta and one thing that's gonna really kill me is that I gotta be there at eight o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? That's that's <laughs> what's up for school on a Sunday, you know. Right, and I, right. I work the next day, so you know that it, it goes back to just you know breaking out your comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? I could I could have chose to be comfortable and and take that day off on Sunday and sleep in mm -hmm. on Sunday, but I took it all upon myself to grow as a person to take on the challenge. You know what I'm saying? It, I because I just don't know what it might lead to, and if it doesn't lead to anything, that's that's cool. But it's for me, I just feel as if like that's impossible for it not to lead to something. You're gonna learn a right. lesson through life regardless of through anything you know you gotta be comfortable get comfortable with being uncomfortable that's yeah. the only way you're gonna grow 
the only way you're going to progress, you're going to fight yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to fight yourself if every time life throw you something or you in an uncomfortable situation that you ducking and dodging it. You're not going to grow. You're going to stress yourself out. You're going to have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And you're going to keep learning the same mistakes over and over and over. over you keep making over the same mistakes, you know. So I just feel like just being comfortable. And, of course, you're not going to be 100. Nobody said be like, oh, yeah, I'm so tired. I love this. Like, yeah. no, you know, be honest with yourself. Like, dang, it's hard. But I'm okay with this yeah. uncomfortable place. I'm okay with moving to D.C., not knowing where I'm going to get money, not having a car, living right. in the basement with five creepy dudes, you know. <laughs> I'm okay with that because I feel like, you know, I, it's going to go somewhere. I got I got faith, you know. It's part of the journey. Exactly. And that it just helps you right. mentally, physically, socially, like in every aspect. You and then will you- be better off if you understand right. that that's part of life and you're going to gain from it, you know, because right. then you'll start to look. You'll say, okay, this is a messed up situation or this is really uncomfortable or I don't understand. You will start to look. You will seek out the lessons. You will say, mm-hmm. okay, I don't have no money right now. What? Why could I be in this situation? What can I learn from it? What can I right. get from it? Versus saying like, oh, God, why am I broke? Why am I going through why this? I'm... Oh, my God. Exactly. You know, and that life is the biggest teacher ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, if it's you the, let it, if you let it, right, let it, true, you know, if you understand and you don't try to control it and you, you know, have faith in something, in something, I'm not the most religious person, trust me, right? But you got to have faith in yourself, in your mom, in the universe, in dominoes, tarot cards, you got to have faith <laughs> in something and stay right. rooted in it and grounded in it and know that if you're going through something, it's to make you better, it's to make you right. better. For sure. And and to get into like further get into that topic of like faith in yourself, I wanna um get into the topic of like I know there are a lot of people that I know, um, like in high school and stuff like that that are like in like the LGBT community. Like growing up, being as young as I was and seeing like your like progressive period of, you know, mm-hmm. experimenting and doing what you do, <laughs> it just you know, you know, it just it just opened my eyes and my heart to be more open. To mm-hmm. So like, like my, like my big thing, like I want to ask is like, how, how did you like stay strong and not even stay strong, but like remain faithful in yourself? You know what I'm saying? Going through what you was going through and, and doing it so confidently because you stuck to it, man. Like you, and you happy now. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm so happy for you. I'm on the other side of this phone right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I think for me, you know, for a long time, I was like, uh-uh, you know, especially growing up in a very religious, I was growing up as a pastor kid, you know, Yanny's mm-hmm. pastor, grandpa, mom, like everybody just in the church, in the church, everybody super anti-gay. Uh-uh, right. uh-uh, don't do that, you know. And so for a long time, I fought it, you know, and then I had to just, you know, honestly just be honest with myself and just say, like, this is a part of me and I really can't fight it. And if God made me, you know, gay just to send me to hell, that's kind of messed up. Like, I don't know if I want to be cool with him either. Uh, (laughs) And so, you know, once I just had that realization that, you know, everybody has their things that people may not like or may not agree with. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm the only one that got to live with it. You know, I'm the only one. Right. It's your life. I'm the only one that got to kiss boys and act like I like it. Like, I'm the only one that got to wear the dress and act like this is cute. Like, I'm the right. only one uncomfortable, you know? And right. so I had to, like, just... Somebody once told me, like, don't ever be the only uncomfortable one in the room. Right. Don't compromise yourself for someone else to be comfortable, you know? And so once I really decided, okay, aside from religion, because that was my biggest obstacle, honestly, was mm-hmm. religion religion part of it Impact. yeah yeah and so as i studied more and you know just got my own i actually was sitting with Taran one day and i said i wonder like do i think that it's wrong to be gay because that's what everybody's saying or because i really right. really believe it and so i had to challenge myself like it's because everybody else saying it and everybody who are else y'all? saying it, right <laughs> who are y'all it literally was like a light bulb you know and so once i started 
walking in that. And even like now it's almost a fad, unfortunately. It's a, it's a, I won't say that. It's a lot more people feeling more comfortable to come out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I was in middle school, when I was in high school, girls was not gay. And if they were right. gay, they definitely wasn't dressed how I was dressing. They wasn't masculine presenting. You know, yeah. they was what the media puts on is like a bi girl and, and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was new. You know, when I was in high school, I think it was three studs, including me, you know, by the time I graduated. <laughs> yeah. Just three in the whole school. You right. Know? It's real small. Now it's just so popular. You know, sharing the same girls. It was a thing, you know. And so I really just kinda once I accepted it for myself. I just ran with it. I took it mm-hmm. and I ran with it and I just said I wasn't going to be... Once I wasn't ashamed of it, I was able to walk in that light, you know, and stand firm on it and say, you know, somebody said something to me, I'd be like, but you having sex out of wedlock, don't come for me, you know, and right. I actually started... And we all sitting out here. I started going to an LGBTQ Bible study. Uh, shout out to mm-hmm. Reverend Cheryl, if you're listening, you know, and that helped a lot because it really allowed me to have still have some faith and have some sort of spirituality and realize that not all people thought that it was wrong or not all people thought that, you know, it was a sin or, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was like the last building block that helped me because, you know, when you grow up spiritual, it's hard to completely stray away from it as much as it I is. tried. You know, I was like, Y'all don't want me to be gay, fine. I'm out of here. Hate you, Jesus. I, I quit. <laughs> you know, and, and so it's hard because something in you is still like, it gotta be something bigger than me. Like, it gotta right. be something. Um, and so that was really the last building block that helped me hundred percent walk in my truth and who I was and you know, be honest in it. And I noticed the more I did it, the people around me also started being more honest about who they were. Mm-hmm. Also coming out about those kind of things about their sexuality their um you know their preference their presentation or even stuff that's not even related to their affectional identity so just people just began to be their more genuine selves around me as I started to be more genuinely myself like people were attracted to that energy you know so they say oh okay she just being her, she don't even care. Like, okay, she just going mm-hmm. wear those boy pants. Okay, like, well, let me just... I see her. Yeah, like, I'm going to just try something new also, you know? Right. And so, and then people will come back later down the line and say, like, you know, I I really love how you always was yourself and stuff like that. And so it really just mm-hmm. adds those building blocks to your confidence. You know, you say, okay, all right, I know I'm... Okay, I'm doing the right thing. This cool. This cool, you know? And really, so- I started to do stuff for me, you know, be like, you right. know what, I'm gonna just act like this, I'm gonna exist like this, I'm gonna love who I love, I'm gonna be me, right. I'm not gonna be ashamed of it, and I don't gotta boast it out, but I also don't have to keep it hidden and be in denial of it, you know, it's just a part of me, it is what it is, and that's on period. Y'all out here being straight, why well, I can't be out here being gay? Right, so so <laughs> you're saying, like, accepting yourself first made it easy for you to come Definitely. out. Okay. It's, that, and that, it's and that. necessary. You have to, have to, because I even have friends who were in denial for a very, very, very long time, you know, and mm-hmm. like we knew, they knew, but you know, until they it could accept that part of themselves, mm-hmm. they couldn't come out. They were ashamed. Even when people found out or had suspicions or would ask about it, they would be very, very like on guard or act like homophobic and stuff like that. Right. So it's with anything you gotta accept that part of yourself before you can expect anybody else to accept it you know people will people will know when you're faking it when you out here like yeah right. i'm super gay y'all i don't know yeah yeah and, and i feel like and i feel like nowadays like since it's become so normalized like i just feel that like some people like it's not genuine you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like like when like earlier like it might be like when you were in high school and like maybe like a couple years down the line after that like a lot of people were doing it like genuinely because before that it wasn't accepted you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and it was almost like hated like it was it was like disgusting to 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 people you right. know what i'm saying it just, because people don't like people don't like that stuff that's not normal right. you know what i'm saying people don't like stuff that's different right. you know what i'm saying so like nowadays with social media it i just feel like 
some of it is isn't genuine and it's maybe for attention or maybe not even for attention or or just like I don't even I don't even understand it to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely feel like it has been a spike and the unfortunate part is that um a lot of heteronormative people and even some people in the LGBTQ community, they feel that way. And so on one end, I mean, everything is so fatty right now. But on the other <laughs> end, um, I say, okay, I'm happy that people are at least opening up to the idea. Even if some people, let's say some people are not a lesbian, they think they're a lesbian or whatever, yeah. whatever the case may be. Uh, it's refreshing nonetheless that people are open to experimenting, that people are accepting right. the fact that presentation and affectional orientation and who you like, who you love, who you think is cute, you know, that it's flexible, mm. that it's fluid. And so on one hand, I'm like, oh, it is a lot of people who, you know, maybe are not as secure in it. I don't know that they're fake. I really don't try to figure out how gay people are or aren't, you know, in this right. life. Um because just like I don't try to figure out if people are, you know, you would never say, I don't feel like he really straight for real. I feel like he's yeah. just straight for fun. You know what I'm saying? You don't, nine out of ten times, nah, you don't question. If, if a nigga gay, you're going to know. Nine out of ten <laughs> times, you don't question if somebody is straight. So it's kind of unfair that people question or they don't believe that people are in the LGBTQ community on one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that people who are not in the LGBTQ community are as they become more accepting, they are more curious. And it's right. unfortunate, you know, because in order to be accepted or to get that awareness and people knowing it's a thing and being okay with it being a thing, people going to want to ask questions. They're going to insert a lot of right. opinions, you know. And so it's just, it's really pros and cons to the, the spike in people coming out like I said on one hand it's great people feeling more comfortable even if they ain't that's showing that it's, mm-hmm. it's becoming more normalized that people who maybe yeah. aren't even fully in the LGBTQ community are are dabbling you know um, but then on the other hand it presents a big problem when people who actually are in the LGBTQ community have to defend or prove that they really are because heteronormative right. people say, ah, oh, you're just doing that for fun or for attention. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I usually just err on the side of whatever. If you say you're a chicken, you're a chicken. And I, it right. ain't none of my business, okay? And one thing I love about about the LGBTQ, the LGBTQ community is that, like, to me, I feel as if that community loves themselves more than any, you know, you know what I'm saying, just just heterosexual or any just in general, they love themselves mm-hmm. more than a lot of just people out here. You know what I'm saying? Because they found something in themselves that like we were talking about, like ha- they can have faith in, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I-, I know for certainty, this is me. Like this is, this is me. You know what I'm saying? This is my life, you know? Yeah. I definitely will say, you know, when you come to the point of being honest with yourself and living in your truth, that it is very liberating you know, you're not really thinking about what straight people are or aren't doing. You, you know, uh, it comes with a certain level of confidence. It definitely, you have to have a certain level of confidence to fully walk in that truth because as much as it is becoming more acceptable, people still get murdered for being gay. Right. People still get murdered. They get beat. They get ridiculed, bullied. I mean, right. the rates of suicide and depression and homelessness and unemployment in the LGBTQ community is like 10 times, that's an exaggerative statistic, but are way yeah. more than in heteronormative for so many reasons, because people still are bashing them. Um, if, if someone is trans, if their ID yeah. gender doesn't match their uh, presentation, you know, it's just so many things. So mm-hmm. on one hand, definitely it takes us so much confidence to exist unapologetically as yourself, as a member of the LGBTQ community, especially if you are a black or brown person or a minority, I'll say, I'll say, or a minority in general, you know, depending on your culture. Um, But also people need to know that people are still out here being mistreated and that people, and because of that, the rates of mental health issues are significant. So you can be, you can be okay. confident, you can live in your truth, you can be happy and not caring about a straight person in the world, 
and then a straight person come and spit in your face or disrespect you or, you know, doesn't offer you a job and now you're homeless and now you're battling a lot of mental health issues, even if you are 100% Mm -hmm. confident in yourself, you know. So I definitely agree that it takes it takes a strong person to live in that, you know, and not to say that people who have not coming out or are still figuring things out are not strong, but it definitely takes a strong person to live in that truth unapologetically. Um, but, you know, like you said, it, it's hills and valleys. It's, it's peaks right. and valleys for sure because as, as confident as you are and as much as you are okay with it, it's still a part of the world that is not okay with it that you have to deal with and process. I mean, I right. get called he all the time, get looked at up, upside down, people confused. You know, mm-hmm. they look, they see me and Morgan and they looking like it's a circus act or something, you know, and, and so right. even the most confident person, you know, still has to process things. So just, just be mm-hmm. kind to people, y'all. Even if they are straight or gay or black or white or orange or yellow, it's short or tall yeah. or fat. I was just... I was gonna say I don't I don't want to keep take I want to take too much more of your time but like I I, I want to get into the topic of just equality as mm-hmm. a whole you know because like with the year and how it's been going with Corona and stuff to me in my opinion we don't got time for all of this <laughs> so like we don't we don't got time to you would think, each other you know you what I'm would saying? think that white people will relax for a minute <laughs> right like y'all 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 don't see y'all don't like are y'all not in on the same planet that I'm on, like I'm confused. Are y'all not in the same country that I'm in? Oh, my bad. It's not our country. I take it back. Take it back. But like, it's just, it's just like, it's no room for racism, sexism, just like all the isms. I mean, all the, isms. the problem is this. The problem is this. This country, the policies, the socialization that we have, everything about it is ingrained it reeks of this system this system that is against Mm -hmm. women that is against people who have different affectional um identities that is against any marginalized population you know people with disabilities people who are not american-born citizens people who are women people who are of color you know is so many things you know that the system is built against those marginalized populations that mm-hmm. it runs so deep. It runs so deep, so deep that the idea that it's still going on in 2020, on one hand, I say this is ridiculous. And on the other hand, mm-hmm. it's so it's so deep, you know, and it's, it's still it's in every facet of life. Education, it's in criminal history. justice, healthcare, employment, like where you live, where you can get a bank loan, at, like every it's, it's right. everywhere. So it's right. very it's going to be, if at all possible, very very difficult to completely wipe out racism and all the yeah. isms because yeah, it's so deeply ingrained, I, you know. But so ingrained. It and I just and I just had this conversation with Lothario the other day, and I was just saying like, if you think back, like. It's, it's been engraved in history this way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we like or people praise Christopher Columbus, but if you think about it, you know, like, he came over here, you know, messing with what they had going yeah. on. You know what I'm saying? It, it all, history, if you look at history and think back and just and just look at it. It's America just, was built on crap. You could just it see. was built on crap. It was built yeah. on the have-nots, the have and the have-nots. We got it. You don't got it. You know, it's like a like an encrypted caste system you know and we're acting as if everything is equal that's the problem is that you still have to say oh every you know everything is equal who are not who are so blind to it because i really don't necessarily think that racism and discrimination has decreased i think it has just changed its face i don't you know no one is necessarily on quote unquote like its own slave quote unquote. Yeah. But nonetheless, <laughs> if you are a felon, you are technically property. You they the you know yeah you owned by the state. Slave you, to the system. If you have to go to a job or you are stuck in a welfare system that you can't get out of because you won't you can't get mm-hmm. the employment because you can't get the schooling 
because you don't have the funds, because you live in an area where you don't even have a grocery store around the corner. It's everywhere. It's every obstacle, you know, yeah. is against us from from the very beginning, from when we go to kindergarten, you know, yeah. and even the education system that we have in America mm-hmm. is, is literally studies and studies on it. The education system that we have, it is made to have European American people rise to the top and minorities fall right. to the bottom. That's the system that we have set up. Right. Some people gonna make it and the other ones, oh well, too bad, so sad. If you ain't got the money to get a tutor, yeah. we don't care. If you don't know the language by heart, if you come from another country, oh well. oh well, if you grew up in a district where people are unemployed, so the school taxes aren't there and you don't have textbooks, oh well. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, it runs mm-hmm. so deep and in every facet, you know, so- that as much as I want to be surprised, I'm not. <laughs> I would just, I would just say like we we living in their world. I don't know. I'm I don't know who they is. I'm putting air quotes <laughs> over they. I don't know who they is, but we're living in their world. You know what I'm saying? And 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 going through like your life. You know what I'm saying? They want you to live how mm-hmm. they want you to live. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of it that's becoming so like different nowadays and why and and one thing I want to I want to um praise social media for is people just being different you know people being themselves you know what I'm saying people being who they truly want to be in their mm-hmm. heart you know what I'm saying and and sticking to it you know what I'm saying that's why that's why I do this stuff you know that's why I do YouTube and that's why I and and, and do the podcast because this is me, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be out there to, to spread right. my message or just to, just to spread my personality as a whole. You know what I'm saying? I feel as if there are people out here in the world that are famous, you know, or, or in a, in a position of power that shouldn't be, but I mean, they, they're there. You know what I'm saying? I can't say nothing to it. You know, I, I'm only 17 going on 18. Vote them so out. They've been people. Oh, <laughs> All you can huh? do is vote them out. Well, not you, not yet. But you can use your voice. Yeah. You can use but your like, platform. You can still, you know, and that's the thing that we all need to do. Black people, brown people, yellow people, white people. Educate yourself. Vote. Know what's going on. Definitely. Know what's going on. Yeah, know definitely. what you can do. Because you, everybody ain't going to be out on the streets. I ain't going to be out on the streets every mm-hmm. night getting shot at River Bullets. That ain't my place. I yeah. also don't have the money to donate right. to everybody's charity. So, you know, it's a matter of finding right. where your place is in the good fight and fighting the good fight, you know. And, you know, for me, I feel like it's living in my purpose, serving the black and brown kids, helping them get this emotional wellness. Definitely, I always remind right. them and, you know, push them to have confidence in their identity, in their, mm-hmm. you know, the culture and learn. I mean, just really get right. Just, edu- educating, yeah, just yourself. educating yourself and doing what you can, whatever that means. If that means getting on the podcast and right. talking about what you know to be true, or getting people's voices out there, putting your voice out there, you know, reading up on HBCU so you can talk to a white person that thinks that they're not good, you know, just doing doing right. your little part every day, you know, and mm-hmm. and just tackling it, you know, and not being ignorant or not being in the dark or not thinking that the problem is so big it'll never go away I shouldn't do anything about it you know so I mean together we we, we can make some change we can but we can everybody doing their part everybody's doing their part right not somebody else's part and that's always been the thing do your part Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying do your part but uh you know we reaching that time and I just want to say, you know, now that we at the end of this, I I really appreciate the talk. I appreciate you coming on. You know, before this, you you was telling me you was having some trouble at Party City. Man, costumes, so. I ended up getting a Riverdale costume. If you haven't seen that, that's on Netflix. Go ahead and watch Riverdale. Is Riverdale oh, it's great. good though? Because it's great. I'm Jughead Jones. I never thought I'd be a white man for Halloween, but here I am. I'm Jughead Jones. <laughs> uh, the only white All man right. I'd ever be. All right. I, 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 I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get into it. I'm gonna have to see because I I I go past it on Netflix all the time and I'll be oh, like yeah. I don't I don't know what the hype is. About. I mean the third season kind of weird, but it, it, it it's good. But you know, thanks for having me on. First of all, and I just want to say I'm proud of you for sure. Definitely keep doing it. 
keep doing your thing, keep putting your personality out there. If don't nobody listen, no, I'm listening, you know, and I'm really right. proud of you. I, I'm proud of what you're doing, what you've been doing, how you learning these life lessons, you know, and putting yourself out there in this vulnerable platform, like, you know, so yeah. that people, your peers, people older mm-hmm. than you, younger than you can see your journey, can learn from it, can be inspired by it, you know, because you inspired me. I said, yeah. I need to make a video again. I ain't made a video in a minute, <laughs> minutes. Yeah, for real. I need to get back on my YouTube so stuff, keep too. Keep doing what you're doing but, uh, and stay black, stay blessed, stay beautiful. I'm proud of you as uh, another creative, as your sister, as another black person. I am proud of you. And mm-hmm. Morgan is proud of you. She talk about you all the time also. You know what I'm saying? Media yeah. gang, gang, gang. It means a lot. It means a lot. Well, everyone, that was episode two of the Ins and Outs podcast. Tune in for the next episode. And...